Okay, so this is episode one of the podcast. Um, my name's Stefan, and I'm sitting here with Jim, who I met from the gym. So, <laughs> Jim from the gym. So, um, I'm going to let Jim introduce himself real quick. So, Jim, go ahead and let the listeners know who you are real quick. Hi, it's uh, Jim Lapham, L-A-P-H-A-M, uh, 78 years of age. Uh, and I've lived on the Hawaiian Islands off and on since 1952. And uh, when I left the island and dealt with some other issues on the mainland, uh, wound up going into the Marine Corps, uh, October 1961 to February 1966, very early Vietnam. Uh, I, uh, although we were prepared, it was very early Vietnam, so our the group that I was with, we never, we never saw any action. Yeah. Our, our job was to, uh, uh, I was with the military police battalion, and our job was to basically set up prisoner of war compounds uh. and patrol the base. And, uh. Uh, uh, but at that time, I'd already been in the Far East for a little over two years, and I was due to be released from the Marine Corps uh, October of 1965. And uh, I was getting close to that, so they shipped me back to the mainland. Mm -hmm. And when I got back to the mainland, uh, because of the Vietnam War, they involuntarily extended me for six months. That's how they do it. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's how they do it. Yeah, while I was in the Marine Corps, I uh, continued. Well, while I was when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting. But when I when I uh, went into the Marine Corps, I was in a situation where I was living at a juvenile home, and I was uh, almost 18. And they told me that uh, you have to realize that in a couple of months, uh, you're no longer a ward of the court, and we're just going to release you into society, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that meant. <laughs> yeah. Now let's let's start at the beginning. Um, you know, because we were talking about, you know, you're growing up. Yeah. Um, foster care, and then from that we talked about how you, you know, tried to hitchhike and went to Mexico trying to go to Washington, <laughs> yeah. and then kind of going into how you know that trauma led to failed marriages. So I don't want to skip that because that was that was yeah. good stuff. So let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Well, so um, yeah, I, I was born uh, May twenty fifth, nineteen forty four. And by the end of June 1944, and I, and I was the youngest of uh, uh, what I consider my mom's first litter. <laughs> and and she, she basically, my, my dad was never in the picture. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't recall ever meeting my dad. Mm -hmm. I heard that he died back in the, uh, back in uh, what, the early, early 60s, I believe he died. Mm -hmm. Early 60s? Maybe even before that. Yeah, but anyway, uh, it was a very brutal situation. I, all four of us went into an orphanage, mm -hmm. and we wound up getting split up. We'd occasionally get farmed out to people, and I don't know what it was, but every time we got farmed out to people, they were they were pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, every Saturday morning at this one, every Saturday morning at this one home that we lived at, the father. Uh, of the family, worked up in northern Washington, so he, he just came home on the weekends and 
every Saturday morning we had to go outside, pick a uh, switch, a switch from the oh, tree. I remember, I remember those. <laughs> and, and at that time you go, okay, uh, yeah. you don't want to get a big switch, you get small ones, which were the worst, and I didn't realize that at the time. Yeah, because they're flexible, they wrap around your leg. And, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then we'd have to go into the basement, take off all of our clothes, and we'd get a beating. So this is just Front every Saturday? Every, every Saturday morning. Why? Every Saturday morning. For I, I have no idea. <sighs> you know, and yeah. uh, although there was... How, how long did that last? That lasted... that family? That, well, boy, probably a, a year or so. Uh-huh. You know, and, uh-huh. and, and, and these, I, I always got a, a, adopted by people who claimed to be... Uh, very religious, uh-huh. you know, and they'd they'd beat, kick, and stomp the shit out of us all week long, and and then the Saturday morning thing, and then yeah. drag us to church on Sunday, you know. So I've I, I've never had a good feeling with yeah. any kind of religions, mm. you know. And so I, so that did that play? So it sounded like what you're saying right now is like that kind of I don't I don't know, I have the word, but ruined your relationship with religion. Yeah I, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. understand that. Yeah, and I, I was, you know, that. I was, you know, well, organized religions mm-hmm. is what it is. You know, I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't even know if I believe in God. You know, I, mean, you know, I, yeah. Just, yeah. By the way, I was brought up. I just, you know, I don't have anything against it. It's just that uh, uh, every experience that I've had with religion and the people that I lived with, what uh, was negative, right? You know, and I just couldn't understand how they'd go to church and. And, 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 and they'd act like they were the, you know, the upstanding citizens and we'd have to sit there and uh, they'd invite the priest over for breakfast and all this other stuff. And uh, yeah, just, just brutal people. No, no, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hypocrites with religion that, that use it to try to put on a facade that they're kind and all that. But really, again, it's just a mask to yeah. mask how, how nasty and ugly they are. Well, yeah. Jim, I'm sorry. Like you said earlier, right? Can't change yesterday. Cannot <laughs> change yesterday. At yes. the same time, you know, I like to, you know, say I, I feel sorry for little Jim, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, I, yeah, you know, I, I never, uh, you know, I mean, although I went through all this trauma with with different foster families and and so forth, mm-hmm. I always wound up back in the uh, in the uh, orphanage, mm-hmm. and uh, they they wound up breaking the, the four of us up. My brother Jerry and I always went together and my sister Judy and my brother John, uh, they went to a, a, a shirt sleeve relative and mm-hmm. and basically the same thing happened to them that happened to us. You know, they'd say, we, we, re- we really don't want you, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're being forced to uh, take you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, in every place I lived, mm-hmm. uh, that's what happened. And I finally got adopted, well my brother Jerry and I got adopted by, uh, as it turns out, uh, another relative, I think it was an aunt of some sort, and, and uh, uncle. Mm-hmm. And in 1950, I believe it was 19, <coughs> no, not, no, it was before then, uh, we got put on a plane mm-hmm. from Seattle and flown to uh, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I don't, don't know whether it was Kansas City, Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri. But they picked us up at the airport, 
and it was snowing, it was cold, it was absolutely ugly. Mm -hmm. And all the way from the airport, the first time I've ever met these people, all the way from the airport uh, to the home that they were staying at at the time, uh, he was stationed in Jacksonville, North Carolina, mm -hmm. but they had relatives or somebody in, in Kansas City, mm -hmm. so they flew to Kansas City to meet us. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, all, all the way home they told us basically, you know, you're really not wanted. We didn't want you. We're being forced to take you. And I, I, and I, 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 the thing that really sticks in my mind is we got to the house where they were staying. Mm -hmm. It was cold. It was snowing, and they made us stay out on the front porch for about five hours. And then we went into the house, and then we we wound up uh, driving from uh, Kansas City mm -hmm. to Jacksonville, uh, North Carolina. Where, where uh, I believe it was Camp Lejeune was the, was the military base down there, mm -hmm. and we stayed there for a while. And 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 the thing is, I mean, the beatings continued. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to to regress a little bit, the uh, uh, the people that made us pick out the willow whip and beat us every Saturday, uh, it got so bad that the school, uh, you know, at, at that time, the kids really didn't have any rights. Mm -hmm. And if the parents beat you, there had to have been a reason for it. Mm -hmm. You know, but it got so bad that we'd show up with busted lips, bruises on our face, lash marks all over us. So we wound up going back into the into an orphanage, mm -hmm. and then finally we so got the school intervened and got you guys into an orphanage. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So we we uh, went from the orphanage to my grandmother's place. She was a sweet lady, from mm -hmm. what I recall, mm -hmm. and we stayed with her for a, a couple of years, and then we got adopted to these people, uh, Kansas City and the North yeah. Carolina thing. Yeah. And he got transferred to, uh, in 1952, he got transferred to the uh, Marine Corps Air Station Connie Oye over on Oahu. Mm -hmm. So we flew over. Uh, to Oahu with them. So this is your first time coming to Hawaii. First time coming to Hawaii, 1952. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to stray away from this, but about the school, you know, I had similar experience. I remember I went to my teacher one day, homeroom teacher. This is like fourth grade. I was like, hey, I think I'm being abused at home. He's like, oh, you're not being abused, Stephan. You get good grades. You're probably just getting disciplined. I walk. I'm, I'm in walking distance from home, so. I finished the school day. I walk home, get home. My mom says, oh, so you're telling people you're getting abused, huh? Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> and then after that, my mouth just shut. That's, that's but it's, it. yeah. it's, it's sad how, uh, you know, as a, as a youngster, you know, you try to advocate for yourself, but, you know, people don't listen. They, they don't, they yeah. don't listen. And it, it just kind of keeps you, you get, you get stuck in that in that environment yeah and and know? they and and they have never been in that environment so that in that environment so that they really don't understand what's going on mm -hmm. you know they, mm -hmm. they they you know they they really didn't understand child abuse at that time yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I would imagine to you know because i mean just i feel like just in these recent years people are talking more about mental health and and just you know love and care so you know you know you the further you go back the more colder it was at times, yeah. right? You know, where it's just like, 
well, what, what show was that? You know, kind of like honeymooners, you know. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm just gonna sock you one, yeah. and that was just the lifestyle. So. And that was, and, and and that was a joke. Everybody laughed. <laughs> yeah, which is they shouldn't have been. They did, shouldn't you, have yeah, been you did that. You do that now, and uh, you're gonna be in jail. Yeah, you know? rightfully so. Though, yeah, you know? exactly. But uh, but yeah, so so now you guys are in uh, Kaneohe, Kaneohe, Oahu. Yeah. yeah. All right. Kaneohe, Oahu, and uh, uh, same thing. And, and and they they had a uh, they had a little girl. Mm -hmm. You know that they that was born when I when I was with them, so my brother and I were basically uh, you know 24 hours a day babysitters mm -hmm. make, making the formulas. If you, everybody remembers making formulas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you yeah. couldn't go to the store and say, okay, I'll take a you know pack of this or pack of that. You had to make the formula. Uh -huh. You know, feed them, bathe them, mm -hmm. or feed her and bathe her. Mm. How old were you doing this? How old were you and your brother at the time? Well, at that time, let me see. That was that would have been 19. Uh, well, 52, I'd have been eight years old when we came over here. Wow. And between uh, uh, the first eight years of my life, lived in the orphanage in Seattle, mm -hmm. uh, lived in Kansas City for a very short period of time, and then went to uh, uh, the North Carolina thing, and then he, went to, then he went to Camp Pendleton. And then from Camp Pendleton, uh, in 1952, he was shipped over to uh, Kaneohe. Okay. So I was eight years old. And that's a lot. I mean, just just from what you're telling me right now, for your first eight years of life, that's a that's a hell of an <laughs> introduction into the world, you know. Yeah, and, you know, and, and and like you were talking earlier, when you know, I I, I learned to keep my mouth shut, mm -hmm. you know, and I mm -hmm. but uh, even that didn't, you know, for for whatever reason, if they had a if they had a problem with each other, you know, they'd take it out on us. You know, and that's something too. Same thing in my household. You know, as a, as I get older, I can look back. It was two individuals, my mother and stepfather. I never met my father either. He was, um, from the story I was told, he was in the Marines. Semper Fi. Yeah, he was stationed in 8th and 9th in D.C. Yeah. And um, what I believe was I was conceived on the goodbye, yeah. you know? Because she didn't realize she was pregnant until maybe like two, 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 three months later. Yeah. By that time, he's gone. She can't find him. Yeah. Um, I'm good at locating people. Are you there? Yeah, hey, yeah. Well, maybe we can look them up. <laughs> yeah, really, I mean, I could, I could assist you with that. All right. Um, and then, uh, then my stepfather, they're now divorced. He came into the picture. And through that relationship, that's where my three siblings come from. But in hindsight, I look back. These were two people, two adults who could not express their emotions and their feelings and their stresses in a healthy way so they took it out on the kids yes and that yeah. was their outlet these 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 vulnerable little children it was an easy way to relieve the stress and um you know that's which kind of it allows me to look back and have a little bit of you know understanding you know which is good for the healing yeah good for but the healing. but yeah but same thing right yeah these people yeah. that can't they they can't handle their own shit. Yeah. So they take it out on, and they'll find any reason, any reason, anything can light can spark that trigger. Yeah. What? What? Well, the, the, the actually the very worst days of the year were when, when report cards came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were saying yeah, this about every single, you know, every yeah. single report card day. Yeah. We would be kick stumped, and just just slapped and drug all around the house, you know, by our hair. What was the expectations for grades? Uh, hell, I don't know. I was a, yeah, I was a CD student, I guess. Uh -huh. You know, and, 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 and the, the, the thing is, is, is n not only was the abuse from the family, 
but you go to school and we looked like absolute rag muffins. Mm. You know, torn clothes, shoes that didn't fit. Uh, uh. Uh, you know, and, 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 and the, I, I, I honest to God used to iron my clothes, you know, because the kids were making fun of me because the clothes were always wrinkled and nothing was clean. I honest to God <laughs> tried to iron my clothes with a rock. <laughs> did you put it in the sun first to heat it up? Did, did <laughs> no, I just I just kept rubbing to try to put oh, a crease in there, man. you know, and uh, yeah, that was. It kind of reminded me of the Stevie Wonder song, um, "In the City." He talks about the girl who's like, her clothes are old, but never are they dirty. Yeah, you know, trying trying to, yeah, trying to, you know, stop that bullying at school. So you're getting it at you're getting it at home yeah. and at school. Yeah. So no peace, no yeah. peace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was, uh, my, my dad died in the early, in the early 50s, I believe it was, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I, I never met him. Oh, I, one time he showed up at the door at, these, at this home where the, the, the ones where the people made us get the willow whips, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't let him in the house, and he was standing at the front door, and I remember that he had this, he had this, uh, you know, glass block, you know, like he, some people use the glass blocks for their shower, you know, the what, four inches thick and da da da. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, it, w it was made into a, uh, it was made into a, uh, a coin drop, and, mm -hmm. it had, and it had a bunch of coins in there. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he left, as soon as he left, had to go into the kitchen, set it down on a newspaper. And break it open and give them the money. Holy but shit! But that's 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 the only time I ever met my dad, and that's the only thing that that he ever gave me. Yeah. And my mother, I never met my mother until uh, I was probably sometime in the late '60s. Was the first time I met her, mm -hmm. and it was about two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I heard this knocking on the door, and I look out the window, and I see this taxi cab out there. And I, I open up the door, and this lady's standing there, and I says, "Can I help you?" And this is this, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning. Oh. And she says, uh, "I'm your mother." I went, "Oh, come on in." So she came in. We sat and talked for about an hour, and she basically said, "A lot of things happened at that time, and uh, it just wasn't good, and I had to leave." Mm. And so we talked for about an hour, and it was getting late, and I said, "Well." I've got a spare bedroom. I said, why don't you spend the night and we'll talk tomorrow. When I woke up in the morning, she was gone. Mm -hmm. So that was the only time I ever saw her. Really? First, time first and last her. time you saw her? First and last time I saw her. Shit. And I was, uh, I was told she died, she died about 40 years ago. So <clears throat> let's, let's go back to Kaneohe for a little bit because um, again, you eventually get into the military. And your brother, did he join the military? Yeah, he was then? in the Navy. He was in the Navy. Did he join while you guys were in Kaneohe or uh, living on Oahu? No, we, 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 we both went in the military after. We were in, we were in uh, Oahu from 1952 to 1957 when he got transferred back to uh, uh, Camp Pendleton. Okay, the guy that um, you're, you're the, the family you're staying with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. How... Did, did, did that leave an impression on you, living in Hawaii at the time? I remember you were saying, I like... I absolutely love 
Yeah. Hawaiian people. Yeah. Because uh, we lived in an area on Oahu called uh, Haula. Uh -huh. And at that time, you know, at that time there was only two lanes around the entire island. Mm -hmm. No freeways, no tunnels. Mm -hmm. You know, and we were way up in the north end of the island uh, in Haula. Mm -hmm. We were probably the only Haole family there. And, and for those who don't know, Haole means there's a couple of trends. It could be it could be white or like foreigner. Foreigner, yeah, you know, basically. mainly foreigner. So for those who don't know, but go continue, please. Yeah. So uh, let me see. Uh, uh, when when the neighbors realized the way my brother and I were being treated, mm -hmm. they basically during the day protected us. Mm -hmm. You know, but then we had to go home at night. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of times it's where, where have you been? Where have you been? Be mm -hmm. kicked, stop, and. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, but, but the Hawaiian people were absolutely wonderful. So, is that kind of like the beginning? Because you've lived in Hawaii for a long time. Is that kind of like the beginning of you falling in love and kind of feeling like maybe this could be a home or yeah. that sparked something for you yeah. then? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, 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 not knowing anything about what a home's supposed to be. Right. You know, I, I, I loved the island, but I, you know, and I, and I, and I wanted to be here, you know, mm -hmm. not only because it's beautiful, but because of, the people were beautiful also. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew, I knew, that, <laughs> I, I knew that I loved Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good, because that, that kind of, for like the story's sake, it kind of like lets us know like where the seeds are kind of planted that kind of led you to here, yeah. living the life you're living now. Yeah. So, so, you know, you're having these experiences with the people and then you and then you guys eventually leave. So let's let's continue from there. When he gets stationed, when you guys yeah, transfer, gets, yeah, he get, he gets in, in 1957. He got uh, transferred back to uh, uh, Camp Pendleton, California. Uh huh. And short, <laughs> shortly after we get there, uh, pro well, probably within six months or so, the report cards came out, and we both had less than what they thought we should have. Uh huh. And we knew what was in store for us. So we remembered that we had this grandmother in Seattle. Okay. Now, now we're in we're in Oceanside, California, which is just above San Diego. So it's pretty pretty far south. Yeah. And we decided, well, we, you know, we don't want to go home because we know exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So we decided that we were going to run away, and we were going to hitchhike up to Seattle, and see if we could find grandma. <laughs> I want to I want to give it like for anyone listening, I, like just like what Jim was saying earlier, you know. There's a lot of people who don't have context about child abuse. For two children to be like, you know what, I'm not going home because I know what to expect. Let's hike from California to Washington State to find grandma. Should tell you about the home, you know, should give you an idea of what's going on, you know. So, so yeah, no, that's, yeah. But I'll tell you what, though, just, and that's something, too, right, like, you know the those those hardships pressure creates diamonds some of the greatest inventions and, 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 and even art comes from like those tough times and it builds character and it makes you take chances sometimes and i think that's that's highly courageous for these two youngsters to be like you know what let's just march up to washington state and find grandma <laughs> had, no, <laughs> find had grandma. no idea where grandma lived yeah. hadn't seen grandma in years and yeah. years and years but we remembered that she was nice to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we started hitchhiking. Mm -hmm. And the next thing <laughs> that happened is uh, 
we get stopped at the Mexican border. <laughs> <laughs> I, we weren't pathfinders. We didn't know north and <laughs> yeah. south. Yeah. So uh, we wound up we wound up in a juvenile in in juvenile hall because they didn't want to send us back because of all the abuse. And they said so they put us in juvenile hall until they figured out what to do with us. Uh huh. And I was probably in juvenile hall. We were probably in juvenile hall for about uh, at least a year. God damn. And uh, th then there's th then there was this place in San Diego called the Boys and Girls Aid Society, uh -huh. and uh, they decided to to place us there. And the Boys and Girls Aid Society was uh, probably one of the best places I've ever lived in my life. That's good. So you know, finally, you, you get a little of you and your brother getting a break around this. Getting time. a break. Yeah. I oh, mean, it, yeah. I mean, it was an institution, but it, but there was no fences around it, and mm -hmm. we were allowed to go to outside schools. Okay. You know, and then we had money, and we were able. You know, the the state was giving us money, and we were able to buy clothes. You know, that fit us. <laughs> you don't got to iron with a rock. Didn't have to iron with a rock. Yeah, so that was that was that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, uh, I was there f uh, to just before I was 18, and I was told that when I turn 18, I, and my brother was. My, my my brother was uh, a year older than me. Okay. So he went into the uh, uh, he he went into the navy. Okay. So for the last year, I was by myself. You know, well, not by myself. There was uh, at this home. There was thirty six uh, guys and twenty four girls, mm -hmm. and they were all separate homes at the end of this cul-de-sac. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, I get called into the office, and they tell me that you know you're almost eighteen and you, we're going to kick you loose, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't know what the hell that meant. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I decided that I would, that I would join my brother in the Navy. Okay. So I went down to the Navy recruiting station and because of being in juvenile hall and all that other stuff, why they took my brother and they didn't take me, I don't know. Mm. But they said, you know, because of your juvenile record and so forth, mm. which I really didn't have a record. I didn't do anything wrong mm -hmm. other than not having any, any family. Ain't, ain't that a shame? Yeah. Ain't that a damn shame? Yeah. You know, you ain't do nothing wrong, but just not have a family. Not have a family, and yeah. So anyway, the, the Navy said, "No, we're not gonna, we're not gonna take you." Uh -huh. and, and I just went, "Oh boy, what do I do now?" Yeah. So I walked out. So I walked out the front door of the Navy recruiting station, and right across the hall was the Marine Corps recruiting station. Oh, yeah. That's there, why they're there. That's they, why they're there. <laughs> and there was this, there was this big sergeant standing there, and he looks uh -huh. at me and he said. I'll just like to be a Marine, son. <laughs> <laughs> so he called me in, and uh, uh -huh. uh, yeah, it was it, it was interesting. And then then I went into the Marine Corps, uh, October 1961. All right. And uh, uh, it was really kind of strange because the, the the way I looked at it is, boot camp and being in the Marine Corps was kind of an extension of, of my life because it was I was always in a controlled environment. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. and, and I, it didn't affect me a bit, and, mm -hmm. and I used to used to lay in my bunk at night and, and listen to all these guys crying. I'm going, why in the hell are they crying? You know, it's just that they, they, they've met, you know they've never been away from mommy and daddy. You know, you know, like same thing. You know, when I went <coughs> when I went to basic, the kids that had that grew up with a rough life, they were they were pretty much grateful. They're like, man, we're getting fed. You know, multiple times a day we got a place to sleep. Yeah, drill sergeant rides our ass, but 
it's not like what I was dealing with back then. Exactly. But then yeah. you had other kids. There was a kid. His name. Uh, his name was Dottie. He was too young to to uh, sign himself in, so his parents had to do a waiver to get him in. Yeah. And you know, in basic is when you can get out. So we tried to get out, but there's like your parents need to sign you out because you're not you weren't old enough to sign in. They need to sign you out. Yeah. They said no, you're staying. He got put on suicide watch. Yeah. It it, it broke him. That broke him. But uh, but yeah, you know, tough times make tough men. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was. Uh... Yeah, I, I I loved the Marine Corps, but you know this this was this was basically the first time this was basically the first time I'd ever been on my own, mm. you know, other than having to check in with the Marine Corps, and, mm -hmm. and and that was different. You know, you get leave and you go out into town, and and uh, uh, although while I was growing up, you know, I had I had little flingy girlfriend things, and uh, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, yeah, it was interesting uh, meeting meeting people and and then. Uh, my first wife, been married four times. Okay. Yeah, my, my, my first wife, absolutely beautiful lady, mm -hmm. wonderful, mm. come from a wonderful family, mm -hmm. and we get married and all of a sudden it's like, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to be a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I didn't know how to be a husband. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she wound up having two kids, mm -hmm. Jennifer and uh, Derek. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to take care of kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, you know, I knew that if, you know, that I, that it was acceptable to kick the shit out of them because that's the way I was brought up, and I just right. assumed that that's the way it was. But I, but I never did that. I never, I never abused my kids, and I, and my kids loved me, and I love them. And, uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. And yeah, and I, I was in the Marine Corps for four and a half years, mm -hmm. from October 1961 to February 1966. And then I get out of the Marine Corps in 1966, and all of a sudden I realize that, oh my God, this is the first time in my entire life I've been on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no mess hall to go get food at. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no place to sleep. These are all things that, th these are all things that. Uh, the Marine Corps took care yeah, of. Yeah, the right? Marine Corps took care of yeah. it, and all the other juvenile institutions yeah. took care of it. Yeah. So I was a little concerned, I wasn't certain what to do. Mm -hmm. well, well, I got I got a job. I got I, I got a job uh, being a grain inspector for the state of Washington. And that's basically what I did is when the when the trains came in or the vessels came in, uh -huh. I'd go on to the ships and I'd have this long probe and I'd stick this probe in uh, as far as I could into the grain and you turn the switch and opens up a couple of slots and then you close it, you take it out and then inspect the grain to find out, you know, how much uh, real grain there is as opposed to grass and all this other dockage and so forth. Okay. So that was a pretty good job and I was there for a few months and, and, I, and I met this lady. Were you, were you still married at the time? No, 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 no. This, okay. was, this was before I got, this, this, was, this was before I got married. This is right after I got out of the Marine Corps. Okay. okay. So, I, so I met this lady. And we hit it off really well, and uh, she said, I want to take you up to uh, Canada for the weekend. And I went, awesome. So she took me up to Canada mm -hmm. and wined and dined me all weekend long. And uh, after the weekend, uh, I went back to work, and I get this phone call. And the guy says, do you know a girl by the name of, I won't mention the name. And I said, yeah, she's my girlfriend. He said, well, I'm her husband. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, my God. 
And he says, he says, uh, I know where you work. Mm. And he says, and I'm a uh, self-defense instructor for the Seattle Police Department. Mm. And he says, uh, I'm not going to kill you. He said, but I'm going to hurt you really bad. Uh. So the next day, <laughs> I quit my job, of course. <laughs> yeah. So the next day, I uh, uh, was out looking for a job. And when there was exactly three Nordstrom shoe stores in the entire world, and all of them were in Seattle, uh, I, I got a job selling ladies' shoes. And uh, <laughs> and during during that time, you know, during that time, I, I did wind up getting married while I was at uh, Nordstrom. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this, this this is wife number one. This is wife number one. Okay. And. Uh, uh, then, then the kids came along, and you know, I mean, I, I was struggling, you know, trying to figure, you know, not not financially struggling, but struggling, struggling because I, you know, I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. No, like I, I completely understand. You know, it's, you know, how do you live life, right? How do you, how do you just live? Yeah. Not when you're, like you said, living and surviving are two different things. Yeah. When you're in survival mode, you have almost objectives and things, but it's like in a time of peace, you're you're trying to raise a family and love a woman, but yeah, you, you you haven't even had the time to a chance to even love yourself. Yeah, I, I could only imagine. Yeah. you know. So uh, you know, digressing a little bit, I go ahead. Sometimes that's always been important in my life mm -hmm. because of the places that I lived. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everything from the orphanages to the juvenile hall to juvenile institutions. I dealt with every single ethnicity there was, mm -hmm. and and I never I, I never thought of color, you know, mm -hmm. you know, Asian, black, uh, Hispanic, mm -hmm. you know, we, we all lived together, you know, it was mm -hmm. a, it was a family. Mm -hmm. I did not know a single thing about prejudice until the first month in the Marine Corps. Really. And I was in one of the very first boot camps where they segregated for the first time. Segregated? Well, you know, well, they 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 desegregated. Oh, okay. You know, because they used to have they used to have barracks for 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 just uh, uh, black op, for for black marines for white marines. Oh. They had boot camp for black. They had boot camp. So you, and, this and is one of the first that were integrated. That were integrated. Oh. And. I didn't know what the hell integrated meant. You know, I your whole life has been that. integrated, right? Your whole yeah. life's been integrated. And, and 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 I remember, I'll never forget the guy's. I, I'll never forget his last name. His, his last name was Phelps, mm -hmm. and he was uh, he, he he was a black guy from the south. Mm -hmm. And they, him and I were good friends. Mm -hmm. And this this big old southern boy came up one day, and called him the N word. And I went, what the hell is that? Mm. And I remember him. Phelps grabbing the guy and said, I've put up with this all my life and I'm not going to do this again. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and I'm just, I'm standing there in shock like, what in the hell just happened? Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that was my very, very first experience with prejudice. Interesting. Yeah, it was, and it was, you know, it's still to this day, I, I, I think about that a lot. Oh. It's quite, how do how did things turn out the way they are right now? You know, I mean, it's just... You know yeah. that, that, and that, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, like prejudice isn't, it's not born into people, it's bred into people, you know. You see kids playing, 
like they don't even think about it. Yeah. They don't even think about it until it starts being talked about in the home. Yeah. Then they go to school and they're then they're starting to think differently at school. Or somewhere it's introduced as a seed, then they start. But we're all born and that's you know, that's one of the reasons why I gravitated to the islands because I feel like it attracts open minded people. Yeah. It attracts people who who want to embrace just being happy and just 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 loving life and approaching it differently than you know majority of society yeah you know which can drive you fucking crazy <laughs> totally totally <laughs> yeah it's just, crazy yeah it's just uh, it, it, I, I just I, I'm just amazed at uh, you know the way different ethnicities treat each other Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. we're here, you're there. We don't want you here. We don't want you there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, yeah. well, what's what's going on? Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Nordstrom Shoe Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of them in the entire world, and and I wound up managing one of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I I wound up managing the lady shoe department uh, up at, at in Aurora Village, which was North Seattle. Okay. And then. Nordstrom basically took off from that, but at the time, my, my, my first wife, she was working in, uh, she was working at Sears, at their big warehouse in downtown Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I think there, I think there was 15 floors, and the first three floors were for customers, and everything above that was for all the mail orders and all that other stuff, and and nobody was allowed up there except the people that worked there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, and, and I, I had left. I had just left uh, Nordstrom's mm-hmm. at about that time, and I went to work for a place called. Uh, let me see. So I did Pollock Paper Company. Pollock Paper Company was interesting. That was that was another job that I had, and and uh, I went in and applied for the job, and the guy says, he says, "Well, I'm sick and tired of hiring people, and they just stay here for a couple of weeks and they leave." And I said, "Sir, I said I'm a Marine and." We don't do things like that. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So I I was working working on this on these big rollers, mm-hmm. you know, where the paper came through and all that other good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was there for about a week and a half, and I went, God, I really miss all my friends in the Marine Corps, and they're all going back to Vietnam, and I want to go with them. Mm-hmm. So I went in to the office and I told the guy, and. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was going to be really upset, yeah. and he turned out, he said, oh, I'm just so proud of you, God bless America. Da, oh, da, really? Da, da. And I'd only been there for a couple of weeks, he, yeah. he throws this party for me. Really? You know, a, a going away party, yeah. and da, 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 and I yeah. thought, well, this is, this is kind of special. Yeah. So I, I didn't have a car at the time, so I left, and I hopped on the bus, and I'm heading to the Marine Corps recruiting depot. Uh-huh. And fortunately, I got off about two blocks <laughs> too early <laughs> on the bus. So I had to walk from where the bus let me off up to the Marine Corps Recruiting Depot, uh-huh. and uh, I get right to the front door and I go, "What the hell am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> had a wake up call. So I had a wake, yeah, I had an instant wake up call. Well, you're about to go to war. Yeah, yeah. about to do it. <laughs> yeah, and, I did, and so I, I, I didn't go to the Marine Corps. Uh, but my, getting back to my wife working at Sears, uh, at at the end of the day, I would go down there, and, and some of the other people would would be down there, and uh, We'd wait for the elevator to come down, pick up our wives, and take them home. Uh-huh. But one of the guys that became a good friend of mine, he he he, he was a police officer mm-hmm. for the city of Renton, uh, Washington, mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know we talked a lot for you know probably for a couple of years we talked off and on mm -hmm. and he says you know he said have you ever thought about being a police officer and I'm going hmm? no <laughs> <laughs> he said well he said our, our department's hiring he said I he said I think you'd like the job and he said I think you'd be good at the job mm -hmm. I went okay so I went and I took the test and I get hired hey you know I, 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 I get hired on the police department and I'm going now what the hell am I supposed to do yeah so uh yeah, that was that, that was interesting. So I was a police officer for well, military five years. And, uh -huh. uh, I was with this department for twelve years, and I did everything. I, you know, uh, everything from traffic to uh, undercover narcotics. I had this huge afro and a beard. And, uh, <laughs> I could only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I got a picture. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Let's check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what's inter what, what, what's interesting about this picture that I'm going to show you uh, is, uh, uh, and the reason why for the also I'm, I'm saying like I can only imagine. So Jim's with me right now. You know he's got a America bandana on, got a leather uh, a leather vest on. You know came over here on a motorcycle, <laughs> and now I say he got a got an afro on. But hey, I love it. <laughs> I yeah, love it. It, it was. <clears throat> let me see. Where is that picture? And, and, and the, the interesting thing about this picture uh -huh. is it's, it's, it's actually, well, as you'll see, it's, it's actually a mug shot. Really? You know, with me standing there, you know, with my numbers, and I'm looking to the left, and I'm looking straight ahead, and I'm looking to the right. So what, what happened? And, well, we're sitting in this detective, we're sitting in this detective meeting, uh -huh. and I'm sitting way in the back. Yeah. And they're talking about different things that are going on that, you know, we're supposed to be working on and so forth. Yeah. And one of them is this guy who between a couple times a week between midnight and about three o'clock in the morning he'd break into houses and he'd, he'd molest the ladies that uh, were in the houses. Okay. You know, he always picked houses, of course, or where nobody was around. And so, so the, this guy's already been detained, and you're no, 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 no. He hasn't been detained yet. He hasn't been detained yet. So what they what they did is they gave a description of what the guy looked like. Uh huh. And absolutely everyone sitting in that meeting turned around and stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> I went, oh, oh, oh. Wait, wait a second. Like, is it you, Jim? Have you been yeah. running around yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. So, so what what happens? So what happens when uh, uh -huh. when they arrest somebody? Uh -huh. They go back to the victims, and and they usually have a montage of a whole bunch of different pictures and so forth. Yeah. And he says, "Hey, we want to take your picture for this montage." So when people come in and we show them the pictures, you know, you look similar to the guy and we'll take a picture of the guy and we'll see what the lady says uh -huh. or the ladies say. Yeah. So they, so they took this picture and, and finally they did arrest the guy and good. And, and thankfully, uh, she didn't select me <laughs> <laughs> out of the photo montage, but, uh, yeah, it was, that was interesting. I love, I loved being a police officer. So you did that for 12 years? I did that for 12 years, uh -huh. and, and I did, uh, uh, we, were, we were one of the very first, in the United States, we were one of the very first, uh, I was involved in one of the very first FBI trained SWAT teams. Really? Yeah, so oh, I was, wow. so you know, I was an undercover narcotic officer. Yeah. I was with the SWAT team, and I was the guy that always went to the front door first. Mm. You know, when you hit the door, yeah. I was the first guy through the door, so never, hell yeah, never knew what was going to happen. 
but it was all good. You know, I've I've, I've been in situations where uh, uh, I, I I could have shot someone without any problem because of being attacked and so forth. Mm-hmm. But but I but I never did that, and I, I always wound up using physical force. You know, attacking and wrestling people to the ground. Oh, I, I tell you what, man, I respect you for that. I did um, <clears throat> I did some breaching training when I was in the military, and let me tell you, like when the way we did it, you know, we were stacked on the wall, stacked on the door outside. You have a man breach. Love those breaches. I was the breach. <laughs> and then you know. Your man would come in, and let me tell you, the adrenaline and the nerves are pumping because you don't know what's in there behind that door. You don't know where it's at. When you would breach, would you? Uh, did you have any call outs for you for the rest of the team? Like, you know, you made contact or? Yeah, well, what, what you do? The, the the reason the reason where they started the SWAT team to begin with, mm-hmm. the SWAT team concept, mm-hmm. was because of the Texas Tower incident, and that's where the guy was up on top of his Texas Tower mm-hmm. in in some. I, I can't remember what city it was, but he was shooting people, boom, boom, boom. Mm. So all of the police departments around the place, they went there and everybody was doing their own thing. They almost killed each other in the crossfire and mm. uh, uh, officers from other cities would pull up, get out of their car, boom, 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 get back in their car and take off. And, <laughs> what? And, yeah, Just I mean, shoot it was, and didn't leave? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was the weirdest thing yeah. and, and, and they didn't. So they, they, they no coordination. Zero coordination. Yeah. So that's where the, the SWAT team concept came in. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, you work in five-person teams, and all five people know exactly where and what the other person is responsible for. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and like I said, I was the, I was the door breacher. And, uh, uh, you know, I was in one situation where a guy was holding his wife and baby hostage. Mm. And... Uh, we get up there, try to talk the guy out. He wasn't coming out. Da, 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 da. So we decide, okay, this is getting, you know, he's yelling and screaming at his wife. You know, so we're, we're going to have to do something. So I, I hit the door. Mm-hmm. The door flew open. The guy has his back to me, but he's holding a rifle. And I'm probably ten feet from him. Mm-hmm. And he starts to turn with the rifle, and rather than blow him away, I charged him and, <laughs> and took him to the ground, and we wrestled and got the weapon away from them and uh, yeah that was fun well I commend you for that and you know and and, and just right now it's like uh, who would have thought that young Jim from those circumstances when you were a kid right eight-year-old Jim would grow up to be a, a, a you know part well, of the course, first no, yeah in, in the first you know part of the first uh, SWAT teams ever formed yeah well, well my, my uh, my past did come back to haunt me, uh-huh. you know, my younger past. Uh, I'd been on the police department for several years, mm-hmm. and I got called into the office, and they said, Jim, have you ever looked at your personnel file? Mm-hmm. And I said, no. And they said, well, you might want to take a look at your personnel file. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So I went and I got my personnel file, and I'm looking at it, and I was also one of the very first law enforcement officers to have to go through a... Uh, polygraph before you got hired uh-huh. and uh, I told him everything uh-huh. told him what all my friends and uh, you know I had all ethnicities lesbians gay people all my friends people that I, that I grew up with uh-huh. so anyway I got hired uh-huh. so I in, in spite of that I got hired I guess uh-huh. and uh, I'm looking at my I'm looking at my personnel file and the guy 
They gave me the polygraph. I'll never forget his name, Dewey Gillespie. Mm -hmm. And he was with the Seattle Police Department. He gave me the polygraph. There was a handwritten note in there that said, I highly recommend that you not hire this man because of his extensive homosexual affiliations. Wow. And I went, what? And it, just because I had gay friends. Wow. You know, I mean, I, when I, when I, I mean, I know that people are gay when they're young. Yeah. You know, because I live in these places, and, 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 I've, and I've seen all this, you know, but I, I was friends with, with, with young gay kids, uh, you know, both uh, lesbian, you know, both male and female. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it never entered my mind. They were just, you know, it's like, you know, you, you work in an ice cream shop, you, you know, it's like. <laughs> but that was written on you, but that was that written was on you. That was a handwritten note. And the, 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 the chief of police, who was, the, who was the one that suggested that I look at it. His name was uh, uh, Hugh Darby, mm -hmm. really a nice guy. I was a f uh, and I was one of the first police officers hired under his administration. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I want this removed from my personnel file. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I said, the reason being, I said, not that I'm going to change anything that I said, you know, right. I said, this is, the way, this is the way I was brought up. All right. I says, but you're getting ready to retire and a new chief of police is coming in and if he looks at this, he may get the totally, you know, wrong impression of who I am. Mm -hmm. And he says, "Well, I don't, I don't know whether you can do that." And I mm -hmm. said, "Well, I, I says, uh, I'm, I went upstairs and I to the personnel office and I said, I want this removed." And they said, uh, "Well, we can't remove it. Mm -hmm. You know, your personnel file is your personnel file." Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, "Well, if, if you don't remove it, I said, I'm going to get an attorney and have it removed." Mm -hmm. And a couple of days later, I get a phone call. It's been taken out of your personnel file. Mm. So uh, that then I found out there was two personnel files. <laughs> you know, the, the same thing, but one was downstairs, one was upstairs. Uh -huh. So uh, I went and I checked both files to make sure that it was removed, and it was. Okay, that's good. But it's just, it's just, uh, you know, and th th this was back in the time where, you know, you didn't have the gay bars and all that other stuff, and yeah. and, and, and oh, yeah. filthy. Filthy gay people, da, 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 and I'm going. What, you know, what the? I, there was, I, I just never understood it. There was a lot of fear. Like I feel like um, maybe after the Cold War, America was like a, a very fearful country, scared of everything, right? Scared yeah. of marijuana and what it could do. Scared of any kind of uprising, right? Yeah. Marijuana could start some kind of uprising. Gay people could yeah. spread and create some. African American, black people could. Yeah. Music. Long hair, oh, yeah. and anything, anything. I think I think America was such a, uh, and I, I I feel like fear still exists in this country to this oh, yeah, day. Oh yeah, yes. But you go back then, and there was a lot of fear, and anything could have been a threat to the system, and uh, you know it's always interesting hearing stories about just how how afraid this country has been at times and also too a lesson in that right what what fear can do you know ignorance yeah. too what fear to and total, ignorance can total do total ignorance yeah what fear and ignorance can do so so 12 years in the police force um and, and, and i got hurt really bad i wound up uh uh being fused from l3 to s1 on both sites what happened and they uh it's what happens to a lot of police officers. It's usually domestic disturbance type of situations, mm. you know. And I, uh, I, I just happened to be at the back door of the bar, 
you know, I was, I was the kind of police officer when I came on duty, if there were bars in my section, I'd park my car and I'd get out and I'd walk through the bars, you know, say hi to everybody, you know, and I knew everybody in town and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and this happened to have been a biker bar. Uh, but I, they said there's a fight going on inside the bar. So I was, I, right at the back door when that, when that happened. So I, I walk in the back door and off to the left, there's a pool table. Mm -hmm. And this guy has his wife laying on her back on the pool table and she's in excess of 300 pounds. And he is just beating on her. Mm -hmm. And I went up and I, and I had been to their home many times for domestic disturbances. Now, this is nothing new with them. Yeah, so I went up and I grabbed him and he turned around, oh Jim, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, the pool table when I walked in the door was to the left. The bar was to the right, and so I kind of backed him up to the bar, and he's standing there, and I'm just standing there, patting him down, everything's fine. Well, she comes off the pool table. She comes up behind me, nothing, nothing malicious. Mm -hmm. You know, she was just drunk. And she comes up, and she gets me in a bear hug from the back. Oh, Jim, please don't take him to jail. Well, there was a bar stool behind me. She took me backwards over the bar stool, and her full weight came down and corkscrewed me into the ground. <sighs> so I wound up with that. You know, I, 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 I got I got hurt really, really bad, and to this day I still have problems with it. Sometimes. I was wondering why you mentioned she was 300 pounds, but now yeah. it makes sense why you mentioned she was 300 pounds. Yeah, yeah she, yeah. Yeah, I'm just you know just, just the, the sheer force of her coming down yeah. on me. Yeah, yeah. And and, and 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 I'll never forget. So, so, I, I so was she? Did she? Did she like, you know, do some WWF move to try to get no, you to stop? No, no, or no, she no, just no. drunk and she's holding just you drunk and just fell over? And, yeah, and just kind of, you know, she went back and I went back and the bar stool was behind me. And I mean, it, it, it was it was nothing malicious. malicious. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was it was basically an accident. But you know, I, what, what I'll never forget is I wound up being medically retired. <laughs> you know, I tried to go back to work again. They said, no, we're not, not with that injury. Uh -huh. And I, I wound up getting medically retired in uh, 1982. Uh -huh. And she gets a $35 disorderly conduct ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you're medically retired. Now I'm medically retired. So what's your next move after this? Well, you know, getting, getting, I, I, getting back into the police department. I mean, I was a... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm still young out of the things that happened to the back, and I'm just trying to figure out what you know, what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, who still am I? processing the yeah, stuff. Yeah, from. yeah. Who yeah. am I? What am I doing? Yeah. And I and I was I was drinking a lot, oh. and I was. Uh, uh, bottom line is, I, I was screwing every woman in town. Mm. You know, and uh, you know, n nothing serious. I was just I was just an idiot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I wound up, you know, I, I wound up meeting this lady, and we hit it off really well. And my wife and I, and, she, and, and the two kids, uh, wound up getting a divorce, uh, but, which was all my fault. I mean, she was absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I hooked up with, <laughs> and I hooked up with this lady, and uh, uh, her and I had a kid. And uh, it, it just wasn't, it just wasn't the right mixture, mm -hmm. you know, and. Uh, so I wound up leaving her, mm -hmm. and then finally, I'm by myself mm -hmm. in, uh, in in Seattle, and, and I'm still trying. You know, I'm still trying to figure out. You know, I I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with my life. I I, know, I I couldn't figure it out. 
you had said this earlier, I think before we started, about um, you had been married four times and it was, you know, tough managing those relationships because you, you just, like you said, you just didn't know what to do. Yeah. Right? And you're saying, you know, I'm guessing, do you know, like you said, like I think maybe you're going into this right now about the internal work yeah. that needed to happen, right? You know, I mean, it was one of those things, oh, wow, people like me. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's basically getting used to that. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, because I hopped from bar to bar and bar to bar, I, 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 I met this lady who turned out to be my second wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very nice. And we wound up having we wound up having a kid, but I, I kept on doing my drinking and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, screwing around with all these other ladies. Mm-hmm. And so we wound up getting the And then she she wound up doing the same thing, you know. She was screwing around. She was still a bartender, and uh, so so we wound up getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And so now so so now I'm on my own, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting in this bar and this lady friend of mine, she comes up to me and she says, uh, hey, I want you to meet this lady. Really beautiful. And uh, I think you guys would make a good couple. Mm-hmm. So I met her. You remember Peg Bundy? Yeah. The way Peg Bundy dressed? Uh-huh. The way Peg Bundy had the red hair? Yeah. This was her. She looked identical to Peg Bundy. As a matter of fact, we had people running backwards on the sidewalk taking pictures of us walking down the street. Thinking it was Thinking Peg. she was Peg Bundy. <laughs> well, as it turned out, I met her the first night she came into uh, Seattle. Uh-huh. She was from San Diego. Uh-huh. And she was a major madam. You know, she had all these girls working for her. Oh, really? And, and her and her thing was she took care of the, the million-dollar Mexican clientele from oh, Mexico. Okay. You know, I mean, she'd have front row seats at all the fights in Vegas and and and, and everything. I mean, she was big she time. Was big time. So she had come to Seattle. To she come to Seattle to uh, expand her business. Mm. And I met her the first night. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And we we stayed in Seattle for a while, and she didn't do anything, didn't do anything, business wise, uh, but she wanted to go back to San Diego. Oh, and, and one of the things one of the things I did I, I was a death and injury investigator when, when I left when I left the police department mm-hmm. I hooked up with these with this company and I was a, there was only three of us mm-hmm. and we did death and injury investigations for law firms mm-hmm. and then because of my past I wound up doing some major uh, criminal investigations for defense attorneys mm-hmm. which didn't go well for a lot of the police officers I worked with. I said, hey, do, do what you're supposed to do and, 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 and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, oh. If you do the right thing, I'll report back to the department saying, hey, oh. he did the right thing. Yeah. But if he didn't, I said, I'm going to let him know. Yeah. You know. And I was the kind of person that, where the officer said, I was standing here and I observed this. I'd go to where he was standing, take a photograph of uh, where he said he observed something. It's impossible. Oh. <laughs> he couldn't have seen anything from where he was, because oh. you know, he had all these things blocking. And yeah. you know, so did you so, make some enemies do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I made a few enemies. I mean, oh. it's, it wound up getting all patched up. But okay, uh, okay. But she wound up going. She, she wanted to go back to San Diego. So went back to San Diego, and uh, her parents were there. Really nice, nice, nice parents. Mm-hmm. And I was getting bored, so uh, I ran into somebody and said, "Hey." We need a uh, security person at uh, the Red Lion Hotel. 
Well, okay. So I did that for a while, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm uh, uh, security director, and they transferred me up to. Uh, they, they transferred. They transfer. Oh, they they transferred me up to uh, Los Angeles for the Red Lion Hotel up there to take mm -hmm. over as as uh, the night manager and the director of security for the operation. Mm -hmm. And of course, she wanted to open up business there. Oh. And I said, no, 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 no. That's, that's, you can't, you can't, go, you yeah, can't that's, be yeah, here. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So uh, we, we wound up, we wound up splitting up. Okay. Was, was, how was it, how was it prior to that? Was it, was it an okay relationship? Oh, no, she was, she was kind of, she was kind of a volatile lady. Uh, you know, she she always had anger issues. Uh, you know, but she was she was fun. <laughs> she was fun. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. what happened after that? That's wife number. That was wife number. No, I didn't marry her. So then I, I wound up meeting this other girl, and we wound up getting married. So this is number three. Number three. And, uh, have you have you been back to the islands in between this time? Oh yeah, oh yeah. no, I, I'd come back and forth. I'd come back and forth. You know, I'd spend a, a week, two weeks. Uh -huh. You know, and I, yeah, I kept coming back to the islands. So what would what would keep bringing you back over to the islands? Just just the beauty of the island mm -hmm. and, and 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 just the people. Yeah, know, just yeah, just the people. Okay. So, yeah. It, uh, anyway, her, her and I wound up uh, splitting up, and uh, then then I. Uh, a little over 30 years ago, I, I came over here for one of my two-week outings, mm -hmm. and I had two days left, and I went, no, I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, almost 30 years ago. Okay. So I'm wondering, okay, what am I going to do? So I'm wandering up and down the street, and I find this bar that we're, we're not where Sansei is now, but where Sansei was. In, in the same complex of, of Foodland, mm -hmm. there was a place called Chuck Steakhouse. Mm -hmm. Wonderful place. And they had a small bar, and I wandered into the bar, and said, eh, it's a comfortable place. So I started hanging out in the bar, and, 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 and the, bar, uh, the bar manager, uh, she didn't like me at first. She thought I was a womanizer, and I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've got... I've got tons and tons of lady friends, uh -huh. and uh, but they're just friends. Yeah, you maybe, know, maybe I, she didn't see it that way, huh? No, she she, uh, she didn't see it see it that way at first. Yeah, she didn't yeah. see it that way at first. So we're sitting we're sitting in the bar, uh -huh. and some people say, and her name is Pam, and people said, Pam, your birthday's coming up. What are you gonna do for your birthday? And she said, I don't know. She said, I don't have anything planned, and she said. I, I got nothing planned. And they said, of all people, well, Harry Belafonte's coming to town. Really? Yeah, why don't you, you know, one, get some tickets and, you know, go see Harry Belafonte. Yeah. And she said, oh, I don't know, da 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 So the next morning... Is this on Maui or...? This is Maui, okay. yeah, right here in Kihei. Okay. So the next morning I went to the place that sells the tickets. Uh-huh. And I, and, I, and her and I weren't... No, no intermingling at all. You know, we just talk, and it was just like yeah, casual. Right, right. So I bought her two tickets, uh -huh. and I came back to the bar and I handed them to her. She said, "What's this?" As well as your birthday, and you know, Harry Belafonte. I heard them saying he's coming in town, and that you might like to go see it. So I just bought you these for your birthday. Oh. And she goes, she was kind of shocked. Yeah. And she said, "But I, I don't have anyone to, 
to go with. Would you go with me? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> well, well, of course I will. Of course will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> so I said, I, I said, well, I said, I have no idea where you live or anything. I uh -huh. said, I want to go to pick you up. Uh -huh. So I lived at the Manhoney Shores, which is right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. And as it turns out, she owned a unit right across the street at the uh, Kihei Resort. Uh -huh. And at the Manhoney Shores, they used to have a bar in there that was absolutely jamming. Mm. Big bands at night and everything. I mean, it was it was absolutely jamming. So, so we met there, mm -hmm. went to Harry Belafonte, and I think, Harry Belafonte? Who in the hell goes sees Harry, Harry Belafonte? There wasn't a single seat left in the house. It was standing room only. It was absolutely phenomenal. And the bottom line is, uh, we've been together <laughs> ever since. Ever since. Hey, yeah, look and, at that. Yeah, my wife, uh, that. My, my wife Pam, and we'll be married uh, in December. It'll be 23 years. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's never been married before. Never had any kids. Uh, and she had parrots. That's what she did have. That's what she did have. Moral she, of the story, you know. Have you know? Try to yeah. try to come into the world with some parents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, that's beautiful though, Jim. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, is that um, so this right here, I think, would be like kind of like where this would kind of conclude, right? Yeah. Because now, and and the way to conclude it would be um, what has made this place home. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'll let you go first. No, it, it's, it's what's made it home for me is, I mean, it's just, you know, people ask me, don't you get island fever? Mm -hmm. And I says, no, I get mainland fever. I, I hate, <laughs> I hate going back to the mainland. Yeah. I just hate it. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's just, it's just the love of the people. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've met such, such, such absolutely wonderful people here. Yeah. And I, I, you know, here I am a, a retired police officer. They go, how in the hell are you a biker? <laughs> I said bikers aren't bad guys. Yeah. I said there's, there's, yeah, really nice guys. Yeah. Well, I, I was working. There, there used to be, a, there used to be a bar uh, called Henry's, mm -hmm. and right next to Henry's was, uh, was a gym, and I'd work out there every single day. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it, I, I was a amateur natural competitive bodybuilder for several years. Okay. And uh, when I came over here, I was about 225 pounds. And I work out. 225? How tall are you? Uh, six feet. Yeah. Right, Ooh. At six, right at six feet. Whew. Solid. A little, solid. Shorter now, a little shorter now because of my back surgeries. But yeah. But no, that's, that's okay. a solid man right yeah. there. Yeah. Ooh. So I, I mean, I was, I, I was, I was 225, and I, I, when I came over here, I had just finished my last show. I never won anything. Uh huh. You know, but I, you know, uh, but I always had, I always had fun doing it, and I loved the training. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so Henry's Bar was right next door. Uh -huh. So I'd go into Henry's Bars and all, and, and, and all the bikers hung out there. Yeah. And I got to meet them and uh, uh, one thing led to another and they said, uh, God, would you like to join the club? And I said, I don't have a motorcycle. Uh -huh. They said, well, we don't care. You know, oh. we, we, we want you in the club. And I'm going, oh. they want me in, in a motorcycle club and I don't have a motorcycle. So I went, okay. So uh, uh, w within two weeks, I became the uh, treasurer of the club. Hey, look at that! You know, I, I became the, the the club treasurer, and 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 the, the the only thing that they did for financing at the time, if they wanted to make some money, is they do these huli huli chickens, you know, which which are the little small chickens. They put them on a grill and they would sell them on street corners okay. and so forth. Okay, okay. And and they're always saying, how how are we going to make money? I said, well, so let me help you there. Uh -huh. So I said, uh, how about a golf tournament? 
what are you talking about a golf tournament? We're bikers, we're not golfers. <laughs> and I said, I'm telling you, you don't have to golf. I said, let me set this up. So every single year for the last 15 years I've been with the club, we, we've had golf tournaments and they've been very successful. Hey, look at that. Yeah, look at that. Very successful and, and and so, did you guys already have one this year, or is it coming? No, down? because of the COVID thing, we didn't. That's right. Yeah, for the last That's two years, right. we haven't had one. That's right. You know, and then we'd have motorcycle. You know, we'd have motorcycle rodeos. Uh huh. You know that we'd sell tickets to, and those. You know, we'd get five, six hundred people to, wow. to all of our events. We'd sell, we'd sell out our, our our golf tournaments all the time. Wow. You know, and it was, uh, yeah, it was good. So. You know, that's and that's, like what you're talking about. You you hear, and then uh, and what's your wife's name? Uh, Current wife. Current wife. <laughs> so, you know, you're here. In love one, of my life. I love that lady. Okay. The love of your life. You you know, the way you met Pam, the way you guys hit it off, you know, you're hanging out with this 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 motorcycle group and they're like, hey, we just want you on board, you know. Again, like I feel like that's, that's like the mentality here, yeah. you know. That's the mentality. Yeah. People that are just open-minded, you know, um, and people that you know, you know, if they if they think you're a good person, they they, they want to be around you, and you know, and also too, you know, being on an island, we're all here together. Like yeah. you're, it's, this is a community. This it's is not a community. it's a community. Yeah. So people want to get to know you. You know, it's not like you, not like well, we don't get along with this group here, so we're going to move to another city. No, no not not no, over no, here. No, 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 no. So no, no. There, there's several there's several motorcycle clubs on the island. Mm -hmm. And we all get along. That's great. You know, we support each other. That's great. You know, we give lots of money. We give lots of money to, to, to different charities. You know. Okay. So, is there, if people wanted to donate, do you guys have like a like a way for people to donate if they want to help out? What 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 we do is is when we have these events, mm -hmm. we let them know what the money is going to be used for, mm -hmm. and uh, they buy the tickets and they show up at the events, and uh, we've got bands, we've got bars uh, it, it's just it's, it's just a phenomenal group of uh, people that's great especially my club <laughs> but no, they're all, we, we all get along well and uh, yeah yeah so. well that's great well i think i think this is a good a good spot to end it at right here man yeah. I, I appreciate you coming over hey, jim my and, pleasure and my sharing pleasure. you know yeah. so so everybody this will conclude uh episode one um Thank you guys for tuning in, and yeah, peace and love, everybody. Yeah, you know, I jump around a lot, but that's where my life was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Let me uh, get to it here and.